Podcast Network. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 183 for the week of December 11th, 2017. I am the ultimate David T. Cole, and I'm here with medalist Sarah D. Bunting. Your mom's a doping scandal. Superlative Tara Ariano. Most likely to enjoy my time here. Welcome to a very special episode of Extra Hot Great, which by now you know means it's a pre-tape. Dave said the week of December 11th. I think he meant week of December 18th, but you knew that because you know when this came out. Because the holidays are nearly upon us, we thought we would close out the year with a huge dose of positivity. And so we asked all of you who follow us on social media to give us prompts for us to offer our bests in a variety of categories. And we chose a few of them. Thank you so much for everyone who supplied them because we had way more than we ever could use. Perhaps we'll revisit this in the future because that there is a big doc. Um, and some of you submitted the same one twice. We will hear about that later. Um, but uh, let's, shall we just get into it? It's sort of like FMK if you were just, it was just all MMM, basically. Uh, <laughs> with the occasional F. Um, sure. Uh, our list of bests begins with a submission from Old Timey Yo, who um, I almost just read that as Old Time Mayo. Uh, also, <laughs> also a delightful uh, handle that someone should take. Yep. What is the best guest appearance on the West Wing? Um, I selected this one for us and then really struggled with picking one because you can't yeah. really pick Anna Devere Smith's character because she wasn't really a guest appearance. She was a character. I love Anna Devere Smith in everything. Um, she's. I queen, recently but- learned it's Devere. Kevin, oh, Kevin O'Keefe. Apparently, I learned that from Kevin O'Keefe on the Will and Grace and Kevin and Tara podcast. And I was shocked. Shh. She came to give a uh, talk at my old high school and I went to see it. I was like in my 20s. It was uh, mm. many, many years ago. And yes. our then headmistress just kept mangling it and was like, DeVray, oh. Revere. <laughs> my oh, mother and I were just like clinging to each other and trying not to scream, it's DeVere. And I'm glad we didn't because apparently it's DeVray. Anyhow. Yeah. Ms. Smith, sorry about that, but I'm not counting her. I am going with that time they did a flashback to old news footage of Bartlett, and Bartlett, uh, the younger, was played by Emilio Estevez, who, of course, <gasps> is Martin Sheen's son. I forgot that had happened, but that's awesome. Um, and I, I think I didn't know that that had happened, and I just Googled it to confirm, like, I'm not crazy, right? That was actually Emilio, and I might be crazy, but it was Emilio. That's awesome. Tara. Uh, I went with, uh, the first one, which I thought was the best one that leapt into my mind, because as you said, there's, there's, there's lots of people who, um, have bit parts that went on to be much more famous later, but I just went with one who was already famous and who only was on the episode once in fact was the titular U S poet laureate in one of the episodes that, you know, I've seen a lot. 
Laura Dern, the oh, glorious, yeah. luminous star warrior who is rocking all of our 2017s. Love her. Dave. Yeah. Uh, I had to Google this because I don't remember anything about the West Wing, except uh, there's some guy named Butterfield in it. Really likes. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Secret Service guy. But uh, did you know that Nick Offerman was in the West Wing? I do, because I, I think he was that. in that episode. Uh, yeah, he plays an animal rights activist. And the reason I chose it is because the animal rights activist's name is Jerry. <laughs> that was a little bit of a TV uh, circuit completion. Uh, all right. I am up next with one from Andrew Rabin, who asks, what's the best show to only last two seasons? No more, no fewer. I'm not going to use my privilege to pick what is the obvious one, because I'm pretty sure one of you guys is going to. So instead, I'll go with one I don't think you picked, which is Utopia, the British version, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Uh, Only two seasons. That was all it needed to uh, get across its message of... Why we need to stop population growth immediately for the sake of all of us. Dave. Uh, Frisky Dingo. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Oh, my God. I completely forgot about that one. We watched season two recently, which is the lesser season, but it's still pretty funny. It's still good. I forgot about what an incredible bloodbath the end of the season (laughs) is. Like, everybody dies. Like, major (laughs) characters are just, like, dispensed without, like... Uh, a moment's notice mm-hmm. um if they actually had a season three it would almost be right back to the first couple episodes with the character count yep Sorry. and they'd have to start in arizona um i <laughs> forgot about frisky dingo but selected sports night ah because i forgot about frisky dingo that's really <laughs> the only reason and the other choice was get a life which no <laughs> no yeah no. I had enlightened on my list too, and I'll give that an honorable mention, but I didn't want to double up on my Laura Dirtiness, except I guess I just did. Uh, I didn't put the names down, so somebody's going to have to tell me. From Dave in Chicago. Asks, what's the best movie based on a TV show? And uh, my original answer was The Fugitive until I remembered mm. The Untouchables, which is a fantastic, oh, amazing yeah. movie. Uh, definitely a poppy field movie. Uh, if it's on, I shall watch it. Um, huh. it uh, you've seen it, right? I'm not talking to somebody who hasn't seen The Untouchables, right? You are. I've never seen it. <gasps> what? Sarah, you would love it. You really okay. would love it. <laughs> it's got Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, uh, Robert De Niro, all strutting their stuff around, being super 1930s macho. Uh, having a good old mob war. Uh, it's got a Canadian Mountie in it. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah. now you're talking. I don't approve of your methods, Mr. Ness. Um, Sarah, it's so much your shit. And it's yeah. on Hulu. So you have okay. Hulu. You can watch it for free over the holidays. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I shall. And I will report my back. Fave, uh, movie made out of a TV show. Um, next. Sarah's next. Uh, that is me. I did with an honorable mention to the 2000 Charlie's Angels. Uh, uh-huh. It's the fugitive. No contest. It is uh. such a, it's the poppiest of Poppy Fields movies. And his like enraged pronunciation of Provasic. Just I love it. It's so good. <laughs> but the problem, the problem with the one problem with the fugitive, the one problem is that they have the distant sound cue of loca- echolocation. Yes. Your thing you hate. It. Rightly so. That is a that is very hateable. Well, I had a few. 
So I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to give you my runners up. Um, Jackass, which I don't think it counts because it's just like a long version of the TV show. But Jesus Christ, the first time I watched it, I almost died laughing. I know that's a lowbrow pick, but Jackass, the first movie, is super duper funny. And yeah. Dave, you know I'm right. Yeah. The golf scene is still one of the the biggest laughs I've ever had in, in a theater. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. Someone just I referenced still- that hate you so much for making me go to jackass 2 <laughs> so much i forgot about jackass 2 yeah the first one is the gold standard um in the loop is my other runner-up because it technically is based on the thick of it the excellent british tv show but really oh, yeah. like only malcolm tucker comes over even all of the other actors who have been on the thick of it are not playing their same characters at all so i don't it technically accounts i guess but like it's an edge it's an edge case so my actual pick is 21 jump street with jonah hill and Channing tatum because that is also really really funny and really dumb and they put a lot of thought into how dumb it had to be and i appreciated it still a great movie 21 jump street Agreed. And a huge improvement over the original, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next entry comes from Pamela J. and others. Unsurprisingly. Yeah, lots of people wanted to know our answers to this one. We've been asked to pick the best episode of Law & Order Original Flavor. Um, I super don't want to go first, even though I picked this one and <laughs> have to. And it's not like there aren't many good candidates, including one that I submitted to this very canon, the mm-hmm. Mac Ragers uh fatch episode but god yes oh i hate to pick a non-ben stone episode and i know the majority of people find the la troika tiresome i love it it's so satisfying it's like a poppy fields set of episodes i can never not watch it everyone's the worst it's great so i'm not sure what they're called but let's let's take the end episode of the la troika Tara. All right. Um, my runner up is one that you hate. I only had it in here because I knew you weren't going to pick it, but it's called Mad Dog. It's the one with Burt Young, where he's a rapist who's been paroled from prison. And like uh, McCoy is on a holy quest to prove that he committed a very similar crime to his MO. And like it goes on and on and on and on. And you're not sure if he actually did it or if McCoy is maybe like persecuting this guy for no reason. I won't spoil it cough uh but my actual answer <laughs> is pro se one of the great dennis oh, o'hare's yeah. episode where he um is a mentally ill person who off his meds kills someone and then goes on his meds and defends himself and also in it is the incredible and doubt as his sister the casting alone makes this one but like every time it comes up in, in syndication i'm happy to see it again it's devastating both of them are incredible pro se dave Good choice there are two metrics by which I measure. Actually, there's three metrics by which I measure Law and Order episodes, not being mm-hmm. like a total Law and Order head like you guys are. Number one is the quality of the opening body discovery. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> number two uh-huh. is, is Ben Stone here? And number uh-huh. three is quality of Briscoe's quips. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I decided to go with number three and uh, a really like, it's not necessarily funny. But a very Briscoe-esque quip is uh, he's talking about some like uh, Broadway person. He's a yeah, big Broadway producer. Got got more Tonys than Southern Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever episode that was, that's my pick. That's a lot of Tonys. Yeah. Nice. 
<laughs> All right. I am up next. Uh, Josh Holtz making his first of possibly Josh several Holtz. appearances in this list. <laughs> What's the best turnaround from crap to great you've seen a show make? I suspect that Dave and I are going to pick the same one, but I honestly couldn't pick, a, couldn't come up with a better or alternate title. So That's I'm going with fire. It sure is. Halt and Catch Fire. Super duper boring first season. Really gripping, well done, excellent three subsequent seasons. If you started it and checked out, just start at season two. It's fine. Like there's stuff that they reference from season one, but it doesn't really matter. And I believe it's all on the AMC app. And if you have skipped it, all the seasons are very short. Do yourself a favor. It's a great show. And, and it wasn't even just like an improvement. It was sort of like a reinvention. It was it almost, was a t- yeah. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. And, you know, by making it female centric, it really did the, sh- the the show a favor. Although I don't know if we talked about this podcast, but you were so right that the end scene of the series should not have been Joe McMillan. That they no. really did that one. No, uh, it should have been Donna. Yeah, yeah. Given what they did um, for the seasons uh, up to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Sarah. Yep. Um, mine, I gave an honorable mention to Fringe, which was never exactly crap, mm. but it took a mm-hmm. while to find its top gear. And then couldn't stay in it. But that's a matter for another question. Uh, mm-hmm. My actual answer is Friday Night Lights, which went from oh, great yeah. to briefly crappish. And it was hard <laughs> yep. to see how it was going to survive <laughs> that dumb shit manslaughter business from season two. Mm-hmm. But Ugh. then fast forward to Saracen confronting his father's death. And it's like how like I'm so glad that we got back here. Why didn't we stay here all along? But yeah, I think. Yep. Um, sit, pulling itself back from the brink of crap. Friday Night Lights. Yep, agree. Dave, this one comes from Emily Olschke. Dear Mr. President, <laughs> there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. She is asking, what are the best three states to eliminate, given that there are too many nowadays? <laughs> uh, gave this a, a, a little thought. I mean, there's a lot of choice, guys. There's like over 40. And um, <laughs> it's true. And uh, so I'm going go to America, my list. You know, it's true. I'm going to go to my list of like states that just seem either poorly named, totally insignificant, too small, or just like appendixes. So my list is <laughs> number one. North Dakota. Mm-hmm. There's too many Dakotas. Sure. North Dakota <laughs> doesn't have anything interesting in it. You're gonna you're going sightseeing. You you never go to North Dakota. You're always mm-hmm. in South Dakota. That's where all the good yep. stuff is. Uh Rhode Island, it's too small. Mm-hmm. And it's an island, apparently. Who mm-hmm. wants that? Nobody. Yeah. And uh, by the same by the same token, you could put Hawaii in there and I'd be fine with that. And a lot of people in Hawaii would be would be pretty happy. That's <laughs> true. But that's not one of my choices. Of the course, ones my, who the, want to change the flag, for example, yeah. would Anyway, my obvious third <laughs> choice, of course, is Florida. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. Sarah. Um, Alabama. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You are on probation, <laughs> however. Oh, so don't <laughs> fuck it. up. I don't know. That was pretty tight. I think Alabama can still be in there. <laughs> we should say we're recording this the, the, the day after Doug Jones uh, surprise victory in the Senate race. So that's why Alabama's on our minds. Uh, yes, it, it is. Um, well done. Uh, voters of color, thank you. But Alabama, you're mm-hmm. still on probation. Um, Florida, beat it. Texas, mm-hmm. beat it. And Connecticut, oh. beat it. Oh, <laughs> go sign that one, I guess. Yeah, Connecticut just seems like it's a state suburb of New York, judging by. Yeah, I just, or, all, I can, all, all, all Connecticut means to me is rich celebrities 
who work in New York drive in from Connecticut. That's yes. all I can think of. I always get and lost Whalers there logo. or stuck in traffic there. Or and it yeah. looks like a little sort of like bargain bin Massachusetts and it tries to be New York, but then it's also trying to be Massachusetts. Like make up your mind. Oh wait, don't leave. Would you say that Connecticut is the greatest hits cassette mix you find in a truck stop? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Because I don't. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, I had to pick all red states. Um, I went with ones in which I had spent, have spent zero time um, and haven't really heard good things. Starting with Kansas. Uh, don't care about the Wizard of Oz. Fuck off, Kansas. Get rid of Sam Brown, Mac. He's a dirtbag. Wisconsin. Uh, I've, I've pledged my troth with Minnesota and I stand by that, which means Wisconsin is my enemy. Also, that's where Paul Ryan is from. Also, Scott Walker and his weird lunch choices look it up he's a weirdo and finally mississippi <laughs> first in infor- infant mortality last in teeth i'm just guessing mississippi prove me wrong actually don't care uh those are my picks <clears throat> uh-huh legit okay um this one comes from at rube underscore goldberg what is the best fake website from a tv show mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to make you wait for the Vixie Platinum reference any longer, folks. You know that I'm going SVU with this. They have a bunch of ridiculous um, fake sites like Face Union, my site, U Lens, and of course, <laughs> our special love. <clears throat> but you know, I got to go with another universe, Y O U universe, because what? And also Vixie Platinum forever. Tara. Yeah. Dave, that's their fake second life. Sure. Uh, good old chum hum from our friends at The Good Wife <laughs> and The Good Fight, um, primarily because they went the extra mile. Like it, it's a it's a big Google-esque company in the mythology of the show. And the guy who created it is played by John Benjamin Hickey, who I love. And they went far enough to like uh, over the seasons show how it was like sort of spreading its tentacles around the internet. And it has that very cute uh, beaver in the logo with the glasses who I enjoy. <laughs> True. Dave. Uh, Broad City, Lincoln, the dentist character, um, mm-hmm. has a website called, called the al dente dentist.tumblr.com. <laughs> I forgot about that. And it's, it's great for a couple reasons now here in 2007, which is one, it's been abandoned. You know, it was just like a, a marketing thing, obviously. Um, but it is in Lincoln's voice and he has like recipes for pasta, uh, dental stuff, a lot of like Tumblr-esque cat read blogs and stuff like that. <laughs> but because it was done two years ago and nobody's paid attention to it, they've used a service called, uh, shoot, I forget what it's called, Image something you know just like a third-party uh image hosting service which has since gone fully paid so Ooh. half the graphics on the website are just these huge <laughs> placeholders that say upgrade your account for um oh. you know for maximum hosting <laughs> power um which is like perfect now like you couldn't make That's that great. up now um i remember when i was uh still living in toronto i had to do a fake retro website for new york fries if anybody knows from canada Sure. Uh, shout out New York fries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that had to look like a website from like 15 years prior. So, you know, rainbow rules, uh, <laughs> GeoCities, tripod, you know, aesthetic. And it is really hard to do. Like, it is really yeah. hard to make a site genuinely look 
old. It's sort of like, you know, when in the 80s, there was the whole fad where restaurants would make themselves look like 50 diners, but it was such a, you know, pigeonholed version of it, you know, that it, it was like too much. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to like strike that balance. And uh, so now, thanks to uh, this image service going down, <laughs> mwah, al dente is cooked perfectly now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I am up next uh, with a question from Stephanie R. who asks, uh, the best show to watch when you're sick. Someone else had put in the best show to watch when you're folding laundry. And these are two very different experiences. Some would say similar. I would say no. When you're sick, you want something that's going to be on for hours and hours and hours. And that's going to have the right kind of volume and that you've seen a whole bunch of times you can check in and out of. And I'm going to go with Roseanne, which a lot of people don't know is now free to stream if you have an Amazon Prime membership. And if you have an Apple TV, you can also watch it on the new Amazon uh, Apple TV app that finally has come into our lives. Thank God. Um, I've recently started rewatching Roseanne because for some reason it's on like five different channels in syndication right now. Um, The first seven seasons are really legit. Season eight is spotty. Season nine is fucking terrible. Don't watch it. But Roseanne really stands up. Sarah. Uh, I would go with some sort of British mystery uh, in a pinch. Just find something like Foil's War, uh, except they recently yanked that off of Netflix. So if you can find it, uh, you might have to use like Apple TV and YouTube. But uh, Lord Kenneth Clark's Civilization with an ah. S. It's about the art history of Europe and his whiskey toffee accent and the old film stock. Like it's so old that occasionally there is like a hair <laughs> on it. And just something about the light. Like it's just extremely soothing. Uh, your whole um, domicile will start to smell like uh, the foxing of old library pages and you just will <laughs> fall asleep. Uh, it actually legit trying to watch it took me three tries to get through the first episode because it is aggressively soothing, mm-hmm. but it, it really will. It's right in that sweet spot of like, if you can't get to sleep, it's interesting enough. But when you do mm-hmm. fall asleep, you're, you know, and then you're also up. you're learning things in your sleep. It's handy. Dave. I threw to the wrong person. Sorry, Dave. You should have been next, you, but you are now. Okay. <clears throat> um, if this was 20 years ago, my Answer would have been whatever is on the History Channel at the moment. <laughs> Back when uh-huh. they were just showing, you know, the cheapest documentaries they could buy on on, on the black market. Um, <laughs> basically, you know, whatever you need to know about the V2 rocket program, it's there for you when you're sniffling at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. Um, but these days, of course, you know, history is channels quite different. So you can't really depend on that. Um, although they do have one show, Ancient Aliens, which is very easy to watch when you're sick. And uh, because you're in a pliable uh, state, you know, <laughs> it's really good time to indoctrinate people um, into uh, learning the tea. Um, uh, my husband uses American Pickers for that same mm, purpose, which they're yeah. always marathoning on weekends. So if he has a cold, yeah, we're learning a lot about uh, junky um, antiques. Anyway, my my. Uh, another answer, sort of in the vein of 15 years ago, History Channel is a show called Connections, mm-hmm. which is a British show. Um, um, it's sort of just they take a starting point and an ending point in history that are very, you know, widely separated by time and by any other measure. 
you know, they may go from the development of a coin to uh, Holland's mastery and of the tulip industry. And they, they, <laughs> they kind of plot all the connections throughout the world and how that happened. It's, it's a pretty famous show. It's really good. And I think that's on YouTube also. Yes, it is. It's hard to find. It, it was hard to find for a long time. And uh, sort of my current go-to right now is to watch something like the Venture Brothers, which is like ticks all of Tara's original criteria there, which is, you know, something you've seen, something you're familiar with, you can pop in and out of without really losing the thread and something that makes you laugh. And uh, um, it's easy to forget about Venture Brothers uh, when it's not on because it's on for three weeks and then off for two years. (laughs) So once in a while when you get sick, it's like, oh, yeah, Venture Brothers, I'll watch a season of that. You silly Billy. This comes from Josh Holtz again. Josh Holtz. Josh Holtz. Holtz. Uh, Josh Holtz asks, what's the best Muppet? And the answer is Sam the Eagle. Ah, nice. Sarah. Um, Excellent choice. I went with Camilla, the chicken. Uh Gonzo's Gonzo's (laughs) chief chicken. Tara. Well, he didn't specify uh, where in the Muppet universe you had to go. So I went with Grover, the true Elmo, <laughs> since he's, I feel like, has been unjustly replaced in uh, high-voiced monster child world by Elmo, and Grover is the original and best. That's Agree. Grover. All right. Next up, uh, from at Sad and British, what's the best opposite-sex friendship on TV? Uh I struggled a lot with this one. There were a lot of choices and then none of them were really working for me, I guess. So I ended up going with Peggy and Don Draper from Mad Men, even though friendship is not exactly right, but Mm -hmm. their relationship and their bond that uh, sex. Yes. That's what the money's for. (laughs) Tara. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know if I doubled up on Dave, so I'm going to say I have a runner-up. So, but I'll say Jake and Rosa from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nope. Oh, oh, I like them very much. Uh, there's never been anything sexual about their relationship. Um, they just are really supportive, good partners, and uh, have each other's backs and take the job seriously and enjoy each other's company. And my runner-up is from uh, is Daniel and Emma from Rosehaven, my new beloved Australian sitcom, which I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, my two favorite platonic relationships are uh, number two, uh, Liz and Jack from 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and my number one, and I think this is a bit better of a choice because it really plays into the show. It's sort of a, you know, a, a thermometer for everything else that's happening in the show. And that's the relationship between Andy and Maggie from Extras. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next up is a question from Matt who asks, what's the best part about living in the good place and <laughs> offers, for instance, I actually love pineapple on pizza. That's Matt, not me, although um, I don't mind it. Well, no, I don't mind it. Out. No fruit. <sighs> no fruit on pizza. No fruit. On pizza. Remember that juicy voice on? <laughs> One of my That's favorites. That's not my answer. Yeah. My actual answer is Janet. Um, having access to Janet and all uh, possible knowable information in the universe would be something I would enjoy very much. Uh, not just facts, but stuff about like, <laughs> who is burning in hell? <laughs> Something I would want to know. That might be all I would ever ask her, honestly. But uh, yeah, access to Janet is my answer. Can, can I just slip in here? Because my answer is almost the same. And oh, it's okay. simply a Siri that works. Uh-huh. Yep. 
Very good. Well, you uh, sure. were next anyway. So Sarah, close us um, out. I will note that uh, as a retired pizza delivery person, the people who ordered the Hawaiian were invariably the shittiest tippers. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible yeah. tippers. Let Dick. me shame you. It's my dad's, my both of my parents' favorite pizza flavor is Hawaiian. Oh, yeah, but so. they tip generously. They are very yeah, generous. The tips. exception does not disprove the rule. Um, okay, fine. I actually love chowder. Like, really love all kinds of chowder <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and Janet, but chowder more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Dave, your question comes from the uh, female person, Corey A.H. <laughs> You're always misgendering. Nope. Um, yeah, she wants to know, well, her her entry just said boss. Yeah. So oh, let's go Who's with the best boss. Best boss. Um, yeah. My first answer was Tom Kane from Boss. He is yeah. the best boss. <laughs> True. Oh my God, boss. Um, uh, okay, boss. We talked about it on the show a long time ago, but it was such an awesome B TV show. It was like so soapy in sort yeah. of it was it was political Oz basically it was yes it was kind of like really dumb and it was and 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 machismo up the wazoo and like oh I gotta take my pants off now here's my underwear boss mm-hmm. um <laughs> it's it's it was a stars original so you can still watch it on the stars yeah. app I'm pretty sure if you wish I don't know why you would but anyway um um uh, I got two for my actual answer. One, I think, like, not the best boss to work for, but the best boss on TV. I got to give it to Monty Burns. Uh, <laughs> such a sure. fantastic character. Yes. The bossiest um, boss, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, like, an interesting boss to work for, although I don't think he would make your life particularly easy, would be Gil Grissom from CSI. Hmm. He's, like, mm-hmm. you know, a weird bug guy, and he's, sure. you know, he's sort of, like, um, half out to lunch most of the time. It's great. He seems very fair and uh, lets yeah. people do their job and respects them. I, yeah. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, Sarah. I think I think he uh, oh. probably treats the lab like your dad treats his office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. do your work. You know, I'm not going to be bad dad unless you fuck up. So right, yeah. exactly. True, Sarah. Um, taking it back to sports night. Minus Isaac sniff. All right, R.I.P. Uh, mine is Desna from Claws. She'll fucking kill oh. someone for you, <laughs> even if she doesn't yeah. like you very much. Uh, yeah, Desna is the best, and uh, she could do your manicures, and they would look fucking amazing. That's true. Oh boy, the perks in that job for sure. No kidding. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> perks, not burps. Oh, oh my god, Dave. <laughs> Just haven't I've been drinking this cherry coke. <laughs> All right, Sarah, you're up. Burp on the podcast. That one. (laughs) Well, certainly the most recent. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. Um, Don't do it. Now that we've worked up an appetite, uh, (laughs) Katie L asks What's the best meal or food item you've seen on TV that you wanted to eat? Um, (laughs) This is like a a little bit broad, um, Uh but I am. (laughs) Is it Ladyfingers? No, it's not Lady Fingers. It's a little bit broad. Okay. <laughs> Come it. on, that's a good joke. It. It it's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> if you just uh, let him blow himself up, this is what happens. I always enjoy it. Dave's checked out early for the holidays, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Uh, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Lady finger. Hardly even know her. Um, the savory pies on Great British Bake Off, even though I can't eat any of them because they all contain <laughs> things that walked on land. They always look yeah. super delicious. And the flavor profiles just sound amazing. And then when uh, Paul Hollywood cuts a big wedge of pork pie, I don't know. I'm into it. There's probably a couple that are fish pies. No, Is yeah, fish pie there a British be. Thing? You could put yeah. some shrimp in there. You could try it. I know um, Timbalo. You can do that. Should we keep right. riffing on food? Yeah, no, I'm an, I'm next. So let him we'll, let him burn himself out. while I go. Um, yeah, I I thought of Great British Bake Off too because it's not Ow. a show that I watch, but I always I was the one that edited the visual aids that would go along. Oh with my god! Our, uh, two spotted dicks on the Great British Bake Off podcast, which you should check out. Um, those would generally, when we were going by the PBS airing version, they would have to go up on Fridays. And that was always like the end of my diet week is like weekends I'd take off and eat whatever. And it was like fucking torture to edit those pictures. But because I don't watch the show and like none of them was especially memorable, they just all looked amazing. Um, I thought about an ironic punishment's worth of donuts as seen on The Simpsons because we don't have a donut shop here in town. And I always wish we did. But my actual pick is from Futurama. It's Poplars. Um, this is something that Fry and Leela discover on a planet. They start eating them. And they look like chick- little chicken nuggets, except whatever they are is so amazingly delicious that they like essentially clean out this planet of poplars. But then only later do we discover if you they're like the larval form of an alien. And if they sit around long enough, they like turn into something that can talk to you. Uh, so that's the downside of poplars. But if you eat them fast, who cares? Dave. <laughs> oh, my God. We tried for so long. <laughs> okay. oh God. What time? <laughs> Oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my core hurts. <laughs> okay. What's Do I need to go in there no. and slap you? Because I will. Okay. <laughs> no One need. time when he still lived in Canada, I saw a commercial for a McCain sheet cake, and I left the house and went and bought one. <laughs> <laughs> It does count as TV. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He's talking about this this particular kind of uh, like magic cake that's engineered so that it's frozen, but you can eat it while it's still frozen. Like it doesn't actually freeze through and get hard. It's a miracle. It really is. They're good. Don't knock it, Sarah. Oh, Um, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying. Look, I I enjoy Twinkies <laughs> with the flavored filling, so Ooh. I don't judge anyone except people right, this who is... order Hawaiian pizza. Tip yeah. your delivery person. Thank you. Call back. <clears throat> All right, oh. this is our last appearance from Josh Holtz. Josh Holtz. Who asks? What's the best failed show? I was tempted to say Best Friends Forever, which uh, only lasted six <sighs> episodes. But because people still talk about it, because it was created and stars um, Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham, who went on to create Playing House. Uh, I'm going to go with a show that was on around the same time as that on NBC, which was called Bent. It starred my beloved David Walton and my equally beloved Amanda Peet. Um, where she was divorced and was getting her house redone and he was her contractor and other characters were in it too. Landry from uh, 
Friday Night Lights and Jeffrey Tambor, Pre-Disgrace and others. Um, but it was really likable. The two of them had great chemistry. I wanted to see where it was going. We barely got a chance to see that it was going anywhere. So, Bent, I still miss you. I know I'm the only one. Dave. Um, <clears throat> the answer, of course, is Wonderfalls. No, it's ah. not. <laughs> Wonderfalls. <laughs> get angry every time I remember that show. Uh, I, I, I almost answered Freaks and Geeks. But then yeah. I remembered a show that I enjoy much more than Freaks and Geeks, just because it's more my jam. And uh, I believe the creator of this show has a history of one season wacky shows that come and go. And that uh, is Better Off Ted. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't he do Andy Richter Saves the Universe? He did. Yeah. Yep. Controls the universe. Controls the universe. Yeah. Um, yes, he did. Victor Factor. Oh, God. Better Off Ted's so funny, guys. It's, it is really it is funny. so good. It's like one of the best workplace comedies uh, of the last chunk of time. If you haven't watched it, you're a favor. Uh, do so. so. Yeah, it's great. Um, I had a couple candidates, uh, but I keep using Journeyman for this category. So, um, <laughs> because it was like one of the few sort of intelligent takes on how time travel would actually work if someone were getting dropped and into different times. Also, was one of the victims of the writer strike in two thousand seven slash eight. Yes, indeed, but very likable leads, smart. Um, it appealed to the currency nerd in me, but instead, I'm going to go with Knights of Prosperity, mm-hmm. which. Should have oh, yeah. lasted longer. Was very funny. Donald Logue joint that I think originally was called "Let's Kidnap Mick Jagger." Yeah, they weren't allowed to call it that, but Mick Jagger did agree to be <laughs> on the show. But then it like got canceled before they could book him. It's too bad. I mean, it wasn't like great, but for a sitcom, I liked it. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. Uh, Sweet Chardonnay has supplied your last prompt, and that is. What's the best opening credits to a show? And this is, it's easy to forget, you know, now that they'll spend a million dollars recreating Westeros and tin can shit and all that kind of stuff, (laughs) that when The Simpsons came out, the credits were super amazing. Not because they were particularly well drawn, especially in the first and second season, but the fact that they changed every week and were actually funny in their own right between the, you know, the chalkboard and the couch gag. Um, Granted, they seem to have run out of ideas for a lot of those a while ago, but you know, in the golden years of the Simpsons, those credits were the bomb Mm -hmm. and there was never really anything quite like it on TV before. And, uh, and it's an obvious answer, but it is my answer. And also the, the way that Homer's shriek is drawn in the garage when he almost gets run over is like the funniest he ever looks. And it always makes me laugh. I don't know why. Um, I went with my so-called life. Like it hasn't aged particularly Mm. well, but it's like, it just gets to you. Like the, the way it's montaged, like it just brings you right back to that experience of watching this show and being like, what is this? That it was like this next level show. Um, I considered being like the Mindy project as a joke, but I had to, had to play it straight (laughs) with my so-called life. Tara, take us home. I like it. Um, this is not my answer because it's only, it was only done for marketing purposes, but recently, uh, the remake of one day at a time, which is coming back in January announced its return date, um, by doing a shot for shot remake with its current cast of the original seventies opening credits. So good. It's 
so good. It's so good. So, so, so good. Those are not its real opening credits, but if you ever wanted to see um, new hipster <laughs> Schneider getting his old school Pat Harrington on, <laughs> this is your chance. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, look it up on YouTube, but like first watch the original ones and then watch the Netflix one so you can see how much care went into this, but that's not my answer. But One Day at a Time is great. One of my favorite new shows of 2017. My actual answer is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because that song is a banger. Oh it my is God, an it really that is. will lodge itself in your head. Um, and all the B-roll that they collected is great, especially since one of the shots of, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. of um, stock footage that they used is also in the opening credits to The Americans, <laughs> which is a hilarious Amazing. footnote to that show. <laughs> Guys, we did it. Uh, we did. Well, that'll wrap it up for the first ever Extra Hot Great Besties. Sorry that we couldn't get to all of your submissions, uh, but there were about 10 times as many as we did today uh, in the hopper. Um, but uh, I think we'll do this again. So um, keep an eye on social media and uh, submit your what's the best blanks uh, sometime in 2018. Yep. Uh, thanks once again. Um, we do have more... F- filler episodes we got a couple we do the filler episodes guys we're selling yourself short um there's a crazy <laughs> canon episode coming up uh yep. be sure to uh keep an eye on your uh podcast app for that a couple more minis before the year is up um but uh that is it for this episode so remember we're listening i am david teakle and on behalf of tara ariano you're the best and Sarah D. Bunting. I was wondering what the money was for. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. This has been a production of the Previously.TV Podcast Network.